I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. is a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships. It creates language for what motivates us and helps us look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram's a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name is Jeff Cook. I'm a philosopher in Greeley, Colorado for one more week. And with me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram ninja. Hello. Boss, you need to help me with my intro for next week. Are you moving? You're not going to be in wrapping, next week? Wrapping up a career. Oh, okay. You're not going to be a philosopher anymore? Calling it good. All right. Time to move on. <laughs> isn't, aren't, isn't like once a philosopher, always a philosopher? See, I've always said kind of as a professional thing, so. Oh, sure. Yeah. My other profession is going to come across kind of lame. <laughs> <laughs> Property manager in Northern Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what it is. I, I afford my philosophy addiction by renting out commercial buildings. There you go. Um, so for those of you who don't know me, that's actually what I do. I uh, work part-time at a university, but that kind of in my mind has a different kind of, uh, what is that? There's something about teaching at a university. It's a level of prestige. That's what it is. Yeah. I'm just, uh, I, I say that I'm a philosopher because I just want people to think well of me. <laughs> but really, I just, I manage properties and that's what I do. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you, I, I'm fine with you keeping the philosopher title if you really I'll just want. Just stick with, yeah. Stick with philosophy? Yeah. I don't feel like it's a lie. By the way, I'm really, really good at managing properties. Well, we'll see. I mean, I've been doing it for a while. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's for right. example, TJ said building. That's right. Had a big yes. had a big old wedding in there yesterday. Yeah, we did. Uh, nobody cares about any of this stuff. Let's move to Enneagram. <laughs> we are on step three, brother. Step three. This is actually where it gets serious. For many of you, when you saw the name on uh, of the list, we're doing steps. Today is what you actually wanted. You know your type. You talk about Enneagram with people all the time. But today we we start with like, what do I need to work on? Yeah, an what, what, step. Okay, you tell me. You act. You supposed experts got a big old fancy podcast. Let's see where I'm at on your list. Well, today is the day. This is it. This is the day with an actual step. After you know yourself, find yourself on the map. Start navigating. Start talking to other people about it. First big move in our mind is this one. Today's going to be fun. Actually, so we just did a very long series on your shadow. Yeah. We're going back to the dark side on this one. Which, by the way, like like the shadow was the first thing that we hit. So it's almost like our whole podcast has been about the shadow. <laughs> just, <laughs> just exposing people's worst side. Right. So step one is know your type. Step two is talk with others. Step three is name your low side. Every type has a low side. That is in our type, in our stress number, and in our security number. And that's where we're going today. Yep. You need to be able to name your low side. And when we say name, like, like I, I, I want to make sure that people know that we, we don't just mean like 
make sure you know what your low side is. I mean, name is in like, like this is this is a child of yours that you're going to become very intimate with. Like, <laughs> like you need to become really, really familiar with and get to know the ins and outs. Like, like get your arms in and like really embrace and know. You need to know your low side. Yeah. My illustration in my heart, I don't know if this translates, but back in the day, there were these things called pinball machines. Yeah. Have you ever rocked the pinball machines? Yeah, heck yeah. You I a fan love of the pinball Who? Machines. Play, <laughs> play you some pinball wizard? Yeah, heck yeah. So here's the thing with pinball machines. They have a, a, a contraption inside them that if you are to pick up the pinball machine, if you were to like level it out so that the pinball does not go uh, where you as the player don't want it to go, the machine right. actually starts beeping and fuzzing and smoke comes out and there's a lot of alerts that say, on tilt, on tilt. Right. Which means somebody is messing with the pinball machine. You can't can't jiggle that sucker. The rest of us would call that cheating. That is cheating. Yeah. The low side in my heart and mind, obviously, I've, we have studied the Enneagram together for a little bit. We have talked about the low side of stress security in our center. This is the word for me, is that I'm on tilt. Mm, nice. I know the signs, as it were. Here's the red flags. Yeah. Here's uh, what's what's another word in our culture? I mean, it's the telltale signs, right? Right. Yeah. It's uh, the things that, like, once you see them, you know you're headed down a dark path. These are these are danger signs. Danger signs. Yeah. Signs are always about what's ahead. It's right. like you're gonna fall off a cliff here soon, right. sucker. Like when you're. Uh, driving in the woods and you take a wrong turn and you start to see signs that say, turn back now. Don't come this way. Private property. <laughs> like, like you're, you're going down the wrong path. You're already on the wrong path and you need to figure out how to back up a bit. You know, it'd be terrible is if you couldn't actually read said signs. Mm, yep. That's true. It's <laughs> like signs of, of dogs that might get you their big circles with slashes across them. You're like, wow, that's that's fantastic artwork. It would be terrible if that's how you interpreted signs, right. as it were. Right. Or if you just like saw what it said and just ignored it. It's like, yeah, that doesn't apply to me. Bad news bears. Like that's you're just it, it's going to end badly. There are certain things that you can't do on the soccer field. Can't headbutt people. Right. Can't trip them. Apparently, you can't punch them. You get the red card. Right. You got to know what game you're playing. I think in mixed martial arts, like if you're MMA, I bet you could headbutt. I don't actually know this. Yeah, this you're you're well outside of my field of expertise with this one. You can't headbutt in boxing, but you can hit people in the face. I believe you. you can't hit people in the face in soccer. You can hit people in the face in boxing. Here's the okay. thing. You got to know what game you're playing. Mm, yeah. In boxing, you're supposed to hit people in the face. Right. In soccer, not so much. That's good. Yeah. Here's the thing about life. You are playing a game. You're playing a game right now. If you don't know the rules, you're going to lose. Yeah. And one of the things is with these things we're talking about today, we're telling you how you lose. That's good. Oh, you feel that. Yeah. Uh, come on. That hits you in the bones. <laughs> <laughs> well, step one is know your type. Step two is talk with others. Step three is name your low side. 
many of you in hearing this focused immediately on low side. And let me direct your attention to naming. Here's a principle. It's a principle in everything in the world from science to history to politics to ethics. When you name something, it gives you power. If you can actually identify, understand, and give a name to what's in front of you, you take control. And that's what naming your low side's about. You have to name the places where you tilt. You have to name the places where here's the sign that I'm on the wrong path. I'm going to go over the cliff. I'm going to get punched in the face here soon. (laughs) This is the big idea. And it's threefold. We are going to talk about where our type goes in stress, where our type goes in security, and what it looks like for us to be on center. And each of these have a low side. And naming that low side is vital to being healthy. Yep. I suppose healthy is a great word here. Yeah. We use healthy. You, you want to talk about that? And because it's uh, all of the low side has to do with health. It's it's uh, it's the unhealthy aspects of the various parts of our type. And and when we say stress, we're talking about stress in healthy and unhealthy ways. When we say security, we're talking about security in unhealthy and healthy ways. When when we're talking about being in center, we can do that in really healthy or in really unhealthy ways. And these so the move here is figuring out what aspects of these things are healthy and what aspects of them are unhealthy what we're focusing on now is the unhealthy parts it's the parts that that break down that that lead to more bad behavior that harm ourselves or others that are born out of our type and and the moves that we make and the goal here is to move toward healthier decisions to become aware of these unhealthy things so that we can break free of them and start making healthier decisions because our, our goal is healthy and wholeness. If you go to a doctor, you want a diagnosis. You want him to name the disease or why is it that my spleen is causing me pain? You know, if you go to an auto mechanic, you want a diagnosis. You want a name. Why is it that there's that rattling under my hood? Um, if you have sewage backing up into your house, as I did for many years and <laughs> never got a diagnosis. This is a bad move. This is a bad move because your house fills with sewage. Right. You need a diagnosis. That tree out in front of your property, it's burrowing its claws into your sewer, and that's why everything's getting stopped up. If you can't name it, you can't fix it. Right. Today, we're going to fix some stuff. So that's where we're going. Great. One quick thing. We never really say this, but I feel compelled this time As you listen, building on step two, there are folks in your life who perhaps you've already shared Enneagram with or you talk about Enneagram with, but you don't talk about this podcast or other materials. It would be fantastic as you're listening, if this really hits you, to share this with somebody that you love, someone that listens to this material that you can talk to about it. Uh, One of the best things you can do is talk about places where you're growing with somebody who cares about you. And so just as a quick invitation, um, if it ever just spurs in your heart, man, you know who I need to talk to is this person over there. Just hit share on this podcast. It's a great place to just start a conversation. That's not a plug for us. That's mostly a plug for your health, your connection, and just getting into something that matters. So that kind of struck me today. Yeah, I like it. And speaking of building on step two, uh, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff that uh, if you haven't done step one, you may not know what we're talking about. 
So this is just a, a reminder that this is step three in a process. You can't skip the first two steps because you have to know your type. You have to know the things that we're talking about in order to be able to see your shadow, in order to see your low side and in the unhealth. You have to know some of the basics. So you can't skip step one. You can't skip step two before you get here. So if you're here and you haven't listened to or done step one or two, go back. Go back and listen. We have a series called Basics, which will be fantastic to dive into. We have a interview, two interviews with Suzanne Stabile on our stress number, which might be fantastic to jump into. Yeah, that's great. That's really there. what we got in our catalog. If you feel like you got a handle on stress, security, and your intelligence center, this episode is for you. If not, go back to step one. Perfect. So there we are. Off mic, you said you wanted to start with disintegration, yep. which means we're going to our stress number. Yep. Uh, stress and security. You all have seen the symbol for the Enneagram. There's movement. We employ tools of other numbers. And when we are in stress, we move to our stress number. And so we'll talk through each of the numbers and how each of them go to their stress number. But first, let's talk about the idea of disintegration. This is a word that in other podcasts we have shunned, but here is the appropriate place for it. Yep. So what's your thoughts on disintegration? So a lot of the teaching about stress types portrays sort of the worst qualities available at, at your stress number. So for instance, nines, uh, I identify with nines, we move to six in stress. And that, as we've always said, that can be a healthy or an unhealthy move. When other teachers are saying that the move here is an unhealthy move, that's what they're talking about, the low side, the, the, the unhealthy parts of the stress number. When people are using the word disintegration, that's what they're talking about, the unhealthy move to the stress number. Now, there's good way, good things to get at our stress type. We can't survive without our stress numbers. So you can pick up really good things. You can also pick up really unhealthy, un, unproductive, negative moves that actually move you further into unhealth in your, in your main type. That's what disintegration is. It's sort of like a cycle, like you're, you're sort of breaking down as you pick up the bad parts of your stress number. Two metaphors that hit me here. One is a set of keys. Imagine that you have a, a door that you're trying to unlock and you have a key and you're trying that key and it's just not working and you're like jiggling the handle, you're moving it around, you're trying your best, just not working. And you have to go to a second set of keys. It's your friend's set of keys. You grab those keys and I'm using somebody else's tool to open that door. This is one way to think about stress numbers is I'm actually using tools of somebody else to try and get what I need in this moment. Mm -hmm. That's the move to stress. The low side is different, as TJ was saying. There are times that we're using our stress number, but we have. it's almost like we've flopped into it. It's like things have broken down so much, we've gotten kicked off of our island onto somebody else's island you know, or we've, we have fallen into this foreign space and, and it's all, everything's just a mess and we are falling apart. Or like your, your key broke off in the door and your friend is like, I got a crowbar. 
It is not a good option. It'll get the door open, but it is not good, and it's it's going to cause other problems. Disintegration feels to me like your friend kicks you out of the way and starts opening the door with a crowbar without your permission. Like, you're falling apart at this point. I uh, see. You know? Yeah, that's that's the part where, like, I think I, I think we can do this to ourselves a lot. It's, it's, we can embrace disintegration. Yeah, it's it's part of unhealth. Yeah, yeah. Maybe this the psychology around how we have a relationship, and I really want to emphasize that word with our shadow side. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're engaging your shadow, and it's unconscious, and sometimes you're pulling that sucker in and giving him a kiss. Yeah. So yeah, both both options work. Yeah, there it goes. Your friend pushes you out of the way and does it himself. Or you're like, yeah, give me that crowbar. I'm going to do this. A second metaphor, and I borrow this from The Wisdom of the Enneagram, which is a great book by Riso and Hudson. They talk about stress as almost a release valve, as though there is steam built up inside of you. It has to be purged. It has to be released somehow. If it doesn't, you're going to blow up. And one of the ways that that is released is by using tools from other types. So what we see in disintegration is many of the types acting out an unhealthy posture. And that acting out is a big idea. I'm acting out in a way that's not really me. It's almost like somebody else. Mm-hmm. And we know what that feels like. Like and it's it's very it's almost exaggerated and obvious to others that we're not in a good spot, but that's the release valve. It's like it's done almost intentionally. Every single type does this, where it's almost an exaggerated way of being in the world, and everyone around them knows this isn't a good spot for Joe to be in. Right. And it's just an interesting thing about all human beings everywhere, that that's how we function. Yeah. Yeah, and that's I I think that's true for, like, stress in general because because we all like i said before we all need stress like we all experience stress and we need the tools at our stress type in order to survive because life can be hard sometimes and like we we experience stressful things things that that pull us in this into this place where we need tools that we don't normally have and like we keep saying you can do this in an unhealthy or a healthy way Sometimes your stress number will make you look like somebody else to help you move toward better choices. You can get good tools at your stress number. And sometimes it's like, whoa, what happened to Joe? Joe is freaking out. I imagine we're going to do a lot more work on this in the future. So this may feel like we're just hitting the tip of the iceberg. But living life is like solving a puzzle. It's like playing a game. Mm -hmm. And... Our stress move is a problem-solving move. We have not been able to fulfill our motive. So each type has a motive. And when you cannot get your motive, you will eventually move into stress. Right. And stress ends up being a move. You're employing different tools to get the thing that you want most. And it's an adjustment. So it's like letting off steam. It's like getting different keys or a crowbar. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> how do I get to the thing that I want most? And obviously, that can be done in very healthy ways. It can also be done in really bad ways yep. that do much more damage to your heart and mind 
into other people. Yep. So that's where we're going. Never said this before, but here's my big idea for stress moves. You ready for this? Yep. The stress move. In the stress move, you shut down your intelligence center. Hmm. This happens with all the types except for two. And we'll talk about those two in a second. I'm sorry, fours and fives, but you're going to have to wait for a minute. <laughs> all the other types shut down their intelligence center, their body types, their head types, their heart types. They shut down those types and they use somebody else's tools to try and get what they want. And this is how all those other numbers go in stress. So sixes are going to put aside thought. They're going to elevate their heart at three. Sevens are going to put aside thinking. They're going to elevate action at one. Eights are going to put aside action. They're going to elevate thinking at five. Nines are going to put aside action. They're going to elevate thought at six. Ones are going to put aside action. They're going to elevate their heart at four. And twos are going to put aside their heart, and they're going to elevate action at eight. And threes are going to put aside, you know, taking in the world through their heart. They're going to elevate their ability to make things calm at nine. All these types are stepping away from their primary center in order to solve a problem. And that's how yeah. your stress move really works. Yeah. I'll talk about fours and fives in a minute, but let's let's just sit there for a second. This is what the move to stress actually is. It's getting rid of your primary center in order to solve a problem. Yeah. You got thoughts on that? <laughs> I like that as a thought. It's, it's, it's a huge thought for me, which I've never shared. I'm just... I'm. It perhaps we'll take a whole series this summer to outline. Yeah, that feels like a like it deserves a good deep dive. Um, but if if you know your type, which you should by now because you've already done step one, then you you can start to see how that really plays out for your individual type. Taking taking twos for example, twos who who live in this space of of. Uh, of defining themselves by their relationships, of being really in touch with other people's uh, feelings and, and taking care of other people. And like, what do you need? And I, I can predict what you need and I can, I can offer that to you. And when they get into these stress places, they move out of that, like really in tune with feeling space and, and lean much more heavily on action and on even on, uh, like their their own personal like how how they're they intuit things like that like picking up the eight we we like to use the the term like like the mama bear kind of thing like it it becomes this really aggressive and like like taking control kind of behavior which is not in the two's normal wheelhouse it's like they they put aside that feeling space and they start becoming really oriented on on taking control. Yep. You'll notice the shift in stance that takes place in your stress number. Twos become aggressive at mm -hmm. eight. Yep. And we this this works for all of the types. Twos become aggressive. Threes become withdrawn. Fours become uh, more of earners. Fives are going to become more aggressive. Sixes are going to become more aggressive. We could go around the circle there. Just look at the stance of your stress number, and you'll notice when I'm in stress, that's how I behave. Yeah. Like there's so much about picking up the behavior, the, the, the way that that stress type sees the world, that like it's like putting on a new set of glasses almost. 
I'll showcase the one. I've heard this from many Enneagram teachers saying the weirdest move on the Enneagram is fives in stress who go to seven. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's weird in, in terms of just seeing it because those of us who love fives, it's, you have a very withdrawn personality and then all of a sudden they get very animated. You know, what's happening here? But if you know the Enneagram and if you say, look, fives will go to seven when they're stressed out, it makes sense that all of a sudden that personality becomes much more aggressive, much more frantic almost, much more you know hyperactive mm-hmm. all of a sudden. Yeah. It's because they're taking on the characteristics of tools of a totally different type, and that's what's happening. Right. Here's the thing. I mean, for me... This is one of the things that really gives me a lot of confidence in the Enneagram is how predictable it is on these fronts. Mm -hmm. Joe was this person. He was this person for many, many months, and then all of a sudden something broke. He got stressed out, and all of a sudden he's a different person. And it's absolutely predictable how Joe's going to handle that if you know Joe's type. Right. Fours and fives, it's going to be tricky. So hear me for a second, but this is the move. Fours go to two in stress and fives go to seven in stress. You stay in your intelligence center. Fours are heart types. In stress, they go to two, which is a heart type. Fives in stress go to seven, which is a head type, and fives are head types. So what is actually happening for fours and fives is fours and fives are both withdrawn types. And in stress, they push towards action. Fives get more aggressive. Fours will take on more of an earning posture. Mm-hmm. But the, that's the move, and that's the tool that those two types employ. It feels to me like it's moving them out of withdrawn space mm-hmm. more than anything else. And almost out of them, out of a, a natural self-focus as well. Like in that withdrawn space, fours and fives, like sort of sort of straddling the uh, existential divide there. They move out. They naturally are very self-focused, and they both move outside of themselves in their stress moves. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, It's a good call. Both fours and fives in getting what they want have a very inward posture, Mm -hmm. and stress forces them to push outward. Yep. And and the unhealthy part of that is, is, is... you should know that like we we all when we're talking about stress like you you don't abandon your primary motivation you don't abandon your primary type you just pick up tools that are available at your stress number so for fours who are like looking for significance and and viewing this the world in this beauty and intentionality kind of way like they that move to their stress type becomes about how do I help others do this as well? And like still trying to get that significance. Like how, how do I gain my significance by focusing on others in a certain way? And, and the unhealthy move, that stress move, this disintegration is inserting yourself into other people's lives in a way that like you're the only possible one that can help with these things. Yeah. For, I suppose the way I see this in fours is have you not noticed how much I contribute through my uniqueness to yeah. your life Yeah, is the move in stress? Because clearly the attention isn't there of feeling important. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden it's like, 
well, I'm going to push into the lives of others and say, have you not noticed how much my uniqueness benefits you? And and uh, a doubling down on the attention that they're looking for. Yep. Yeah. Fives, on the other hand, are going to not feel secure, and suddenly their mind erupts with possibilities. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the monkey mind starts up. It's like, I need to find an escape hatch. What possible place can I jump to? Yeah, like throwing the, spaghetti at the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of animation mm-hmm. when fives get stressed out. And even like we, we talked about, we have talked a lot about um, the, the, the nihilism the, that's found in fives. Like fives are the, the type that are probably most likely to be nihilistic, like nothing matters kind of yep. kind of thing. And especially in stress places, in that stress move, if nothing matters, it's a lot easier to, to just throw caution to the wind. Like there's, Ooh. there's a space in that, that five moving to seven that is, there's a level of sort of abandonment. That's interesting. I need to think about that. I would, I'm shooting from the hip here. I would think that fives would feel real comfortable in excess, which we'll talk about in a minute, with the nihilistic side. Mm-hmm. But nihilism can also create feelings of sudden anxiety. Yeah. And that's where you move to stress, where you're like, holy crap, my life's going to end and there's just blackness in front of me. What, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Mm-hmm. And, and one of the tools that you can get and I think this can go healthy or unhealthy is is the escapism that lives at seven. Yeah. Do you escape in a healthy way? Like say, okay, I'm going to take things less seriously. Or do you escape in a, in a way that says nothing matters and so it doesn't matter if I take things seriously? Spot on. Let's well, set up, I suppose, <laughs> for our stress numbers. In stress then, with that in mind, there's a move towards disintegration. That is, disintegration means you're falling apart. Yeah. It means that you have entered into a space where things just don't hold together anymore, and that's a great description of the low side of stress. I want to emphasize this really strongly in terms of Enneagram vocabulary. TJ and I think this is the best way to understand disintegration. Low side of your stress number means you're falling apart at this point. We think there's all sorts of healthy things in your stress number to find. In fact, most of the heroic, truly exceptional human beings are able to excess their stress number on the high side. We've done podcasts on that. If you look up our podcast with Suzanne Stabile on stress, we go into that. And someday we may have in the works a long set of podcasts on the high side of stress. Uh, But for now, This ends up being important to us. Here's where we land in terms of theory. So the skinny, in terms of understanding your stress type, let's just start with the ones. Ones. Ones can feel unseen like no one understands them or how hardworking they are, just like fours who are very self-focused about their own emotions. That's a place of stress that can actually disintegrate, become very, very negative and create negative experiences. You got thoughts on ones? Uh, yeah, and that that like that self-focus can easily get into this place of 
I'm the only one who cares. I'm the only one who who knows what to do. I'm the only one. And it it introduces other problems as well that, that like just sort of make everything worse. Like the disintegration that happens there becomes so self-focused and and almost can move ones into doubling down on the things that have moved them into stress in the first place. Yep. Notice ones going to four is a withdrawn move. Yep. And we see this when we move to twos. Twos stress move, they become more aggressive, become more aggressive, become more angry. They begin acting out of feelings of betrayal. Thoughts on twos? Yeah, we ta- I mentioned earlier that like the the mama bear lives at the stress point of two. It, it's also the place where, particularly you know female twos in Western culture, this this is the place where you might be called the b word. Like I, almost every female two I know has has commented on this aspect of like when they move to eight in unhealthy ways. This is the place where people think they're they're mean and overstepping. And like you just you just get really protective and you say no in unhealthy ways and you want your way. You want to be in control. Threes, you will notice, withdraw. Threes moving to nine in stress are going to become more apathetic. There's going to be signs of burnout and there's going to be dismissal of other people in order to get the calm and control that they need. Yeah, the, the stress, the unhealthy stress move here has... It, I like to think of it as like, I'm going to take my ball and go home. Fours are going to be an earner in stress. They're going to move to two. And so they're going to become possessive. They're going to move to earn the attention of people who haven't been paying attention, right? And remind others how important they are. And, and like unnecessarily helpful and then being upset that the help isn't, a pre- that the help doesn't draw in more attention. And like, it, it just becomes that like, the attention magnet that that is just a, a really unhealthy way to navigate the world. As we said before, fives are going to become more aggressive and intense in their pursuits. Fives in stress often moves to substances mm-hmm. to cope. Yep. Finding whatever it is to cover up the, the fears that get amplified at seven. Sixes in stress are also going to become more aggressive. And for those of us who love sixes, this becomes kind of a, oh, there's going to be a move toward comparison, Mm -hmm. toward give me your attention. There can even be dishonesty that is elevated there. Yeah. And, And sixes who are naturally not interested in the spotlight, when they become interested in the spotlight, you can tell that something's wrong. That's a great, it's again, we need to circle back on this, but what are some of the telltale signs for being on tilt? Mm -hmm. Like what's the red flag look like? That's what it is. Yeah. If a six begins to really care in that aggressive way about the attention of others, that's, that's when you know. Yep. Sevens are going to become more angry and impatient and even self-critical. Uh, uh, when they're stressed out. And I know a seven who just lives in self-criticism and I'm just like, brother, we need to figure something out. Right. You know? Yeah. And like self-criticism is a really big problem. It, there's also a lot of judgmentalism that that doesn't normally exist for sevens that they yeah. can pick up at the unhealthy move to one. Yep. Yeah. Eights all of a sudden shut down 
withdraw, become nihilistic. Mm-hmm. And again, you're like, where did you go? It's like, well, I'm going to go in my room because nothing matters. Yeah. And because nobody's doing things the way I think they should be done, I'm going to remove myself so that you don't have me anymore. Yep. Yeah. And it's even, I, I want to build on that. You haven't presented yourself as a safe place for me to connect. This is all the inner life. I'm vulnerable in these spaces, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to withdraw hard into spaces that I know that I'm the boss. Mm-hmm. Nines can become paranoid, suspicious, may have outbursts of emotion at six. And, and frenetic activity and uh, anxiety. Anxiety is a big sign of nines moving to six. And, and the unhealthy version of that is like, like everything is breaking and I, I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to do something and it may not be the most helpful thing. It's just, it's anxiety and spinning out, like mentally spinning out. That's, that's what we get in unhealthy stress moves. That's the quick summary. There's a handful of paragraphs that Riso and Hudson employ in their big book, The Wisdom of the Enneagram, that really is solid, talking about the stress move. But this is a space that probably deserves a lot more attention and vocabulary. And man, this is where the narrative tradition is really helpful. Mm -hmm. When you hear interviews with people talking about their stress move, it can be incredibly helpful to say, that's me, that's what the red flag looks like, and I need to just name it so that I can get control. Yeah. And and if you've, if you've done the work, if you've done step one, part of what you're going to get here is, is recognizing the individual ways that you pick up unhealthy aspects of your stress type. Because it's not going to look the exact same for everyone. That's, that's part of the beauty of the Enneagram is that we're all, you know, individual snowflakes. But you pick up certain behaviors, certain patterns, certain habits at your stress number. And, and this is, you, you need to recognize how you disintegrate. My final thought on disintegration is that oftentimes in Enneagram world, we think disintegration is the worst side of our low side, and it's not. Agreed. Excess and villainy are much worse. Yep. Disintegration is what we commonly experience, and when we think about our worst self, it's here. Mm -hmm. But this is actually the tip of the iceberg. Right. We're going to talk about our worst self in a minute. (laughs) So if you're not already depressed, we got we, we got more we for you. We got more. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna show you some even some stuff that even is more nauseating. Yeah. And the the reason I wanted to start with disintegration is because I, I think that disintegration has the potential and potentially is even like the thing that leads to excess in our normal type. So let's talk about excess. Let's talk about excess. So in engaging excess, here's the big idea for TJ and I. This is the big idea for Enneagram for us in general, is the Enneagram's about balance. It's about getting centered. It's about using the tools that are at your disposal to get healthy. And when you can get healthy, that is where happiness is found. And the only target for every human being who's ever lived is to dwell in that space of being healthy and the fruit is happiness. 
excess is the low side of your center. So each of the types, when they're centered, are centered in their type. You are a one or a five or a seven or a nine. You are not made to be your security number. This is a huge misstep. You're made to be your type. You're made to be healthy in your type, and you get to enjoy the high side of your security and your stress number. But you're made to be your type. The low side, however, of your type needs to be named because this is a place that can be really a place of pathology and destruction. Yep. And so I say it that way, that seems like overkill at one mm. point until you see <laughs> what negativity can be wrought at the low side of your type. So um, we obviously just did a huge episode, a uh, series of podcasts called Shadow. They're just about excess. Right. So if you want to see where your type goes badly, not moving to stress, not moving to security. This is what it looks like for your type to go negative. Do engage that series because we spent a lot of time on it. Right. You got thoughts on excess? Yeah, it's um, there. There's a lot of schools of teaching the enneagram that sort of focus on what excess looks like without like necessarily saying excess. And it, it's it's the things that that we're all sort of ashamed of of our type. It's it's if you got into the enneagram because you you realized the th- the thing that stood out to you was something really negative about your type. You were like, oh, that hurts, and that's that's how I know that that's the type the the type that I most don't want to be. That's how I know what type I am. That's what we're talking about in excess. Like there's there's sort of a caricature around painting some of these qualities to showcase type. And and when you really think about like if you've done the work, if you know your type and you and you've like spent some time in a lot of the different qualities and aspects, the negative things about your type, when you live there, that's what excess is. Like we all dip our our toe in the sins every once in a while. We have experience with the fixations of our type. We have experience. We've all experienced some of the unhealthy parts of what our type has to offer. And when you spend real time and energy there, that's what excess is. Foundation for me is that all types aim at a core desire. All types aim at either security, control, or attention. And excess comes in part when our worst behaviors and strategies emerge to get our types aim. Mm-hmm. And you'll see this across the board. Yep. So all the things that you kind of know, when you look back at your high school self or your college self and you're like, man, what was I thinking? Oftentimes it's because you were aiming at security. You were aiming at control. You were aiming at attention. And some of your worst behavior came out. Right. Came out because of your fears. It came out because of your idols. Came out because of your sins. And this is the dark side of our of our type. Right. Ones, let's start with the ones again, are going to become more closed-minded. They're going to become more rigid. They're going to become more self-righteous. And it's all about control. Yeah. And I may not remember to do this with every type, but uh, I, w- I want to remind you that, like, there's a move from there. There can be a move from disintegration into excess. So when ones get stressed out and they they spend some of that that energy on 
the unhealthy aspects of, of self-focus and, and sort of like seeing the world in this way of like, like why doesn't anyone else see things the way that I do? And then they move back to their center. The self-righteousness becomes really apparent in, in what yep. excess is there. The, the, the ways that one sort of become really judgmental and, I, I am right and all of you are wrong. It's like there's a self-focus that they picked up from their disintegration. And now yep. they're just sort of like spiraling downward in this in this negative and unhealthy way. That's they're they're living in excess there. At the risk of using a terrible metaphor, because some of us have lost people that we love, sometimes a person gets a disease, but they actually die because they get a second disease. Mm-hmm. And that's actually how this works. Right. It's the building of, it's the compounding of these two things that really do a lot of damage. Yeah. You'll notice as we move to twos, twos may drive people away both through over-gifting and seeking to elicit pity. This is the low side, the excessive side of trying to get attention. Yeah. And like they, like you see pride come through in a, big way in twos when they're in excess it's 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 this weird sort of like i'm trying to get everyone to do the things that i want without just asserting myself and saying this is what i need there's a lot of manipulation involved there's like i'm that this is the worst part of doing things for other people in order to get something it's 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 much more focused on what i'm going to get than on what i'm going to do for others notice how that would get compounded by getting angry and aggressive right notice how the feelings of betrayal would just you know it's an amplifier yep threes may act and say whatever the person in front of them desires you know, they want to impress the person in front of them and they'll morph mm-hmm. uh, in their vocabulary and actions. And this is all to gain that attention, but they lose themselves in that move. Right. And and the the focus there, it, like there's a there's a move toward like the picking up the merging of nines, but also it, it's sort of giving up on the self. It's it's. It's abandoning the self and just saying, okay, whatever. I'll just let whatever happen, happen. Yep. And that's the nine. Yep. Moving into that space. Talk about the the excess of threes, though, on that in terms of the negative side of attention seeking. Well, I think it, it can be really, I, I think threes is, excess in three is, is it, it's one of the more complex excess numbers because I think it, there's there's so many different aspects of how it can play itself out because th- there's also an element of like pushing everything where threes typically want to claim credit excess can also be pushing blame outward mm. it's saying okay things didn't go the way that i wanted them to and it's all of your fault like there there's a there's a retreat and saying and and like a self protective nature to yeah. it Sure. I suppose the move in my mind for threes, there's somebody who's famous who comes to my mind who is on television advocating for horrible things that she knows is awful, 
but she has completely abandoned herself. Mm-hmm. It's all mask. It's all advocacy for the position, the crew that I represent, the person who I'm a representative of. And she's just completely sold out and willing to say whatever is required to move the ball forward. And that seems to me to be what threes in excess kind of look like. Yeah. Yeah, it's it it's all image. It's all like they that the the mask becomes the the thing. So whatever it takes to make sure that that this mask is being upheld. If it's removing myself from all possibility of being held responsible, that's what it takes. If it's if yep. it's holding up the the completely inappropriate and vile beliefs of the person that I represent, that's that's what I'll do. If it's Stepping back and just saying, okay, I'll, I'll do whatever somebody else tells me because this is how I save face. Yeah. That it, it's saving face and abandoning principles. That's what it is. Yeah. Four is going to push away those who do not support their views of themselves and their self-image, and they do so in order to get attention. Yeah. Yeah, the push-pull sort of finds its roots in excess for fours and I think it's the caricature that we paint for fours I think is a is a better representation of excess because it's it's like the the self-focus the the why not me like the the these things becoming really really prevalent in how they express themselves and and like wanting to gain attention just because they exist and like like pushing and and working toward that without actually without actually having reason for the attention that they're seeking and and then getting upset when people don't pay attention to them and I love the idea of push pull. Mm-hmm. This is the dynamic going on for fours is the push is taking place in their center. I'm pushing you away because you're not supporting my view of myself, mm-hmm. but the pull comes in in stress. You didn't respond when I pushed you. And now when you have left, I need to pull you back in because now I'm stressed out. I'm not getting the attention I want. And so I pull in order to get your attention to remind you of how either unappreciated I am or how much I've done for you, how, how, how valuable I am in the world. Mm-hmm. Real tricky. Yeah for fours in in their low side yeah and it's it's this is a really good spot to point out that like it's it's a it's a contorting it's a it's a really negative expression of our core desire so so fours wanting attention it's it's like the the worst ways that fours can get attention is by compelling it in the ways that fours do in unhealth Yep. Fives are going to retreat into isolated spaces and they often cut off their connections and they do that because they want to feel secure. And that's what excess looks like. That is done because they are ossifying and finding security. Yeah, that like fives a great example of like the this doubling down on on some of their their worst qualities is like this this backing up where fives are naturally sort of like trying to just observe and, and be on the outside of the things that are happening in excess they step back further 
and they retreat yep. more and they withhold more and they they keep more for themselves and and share less and like that that's that's everything that we've like like we've always talked about with fives it's money it's it's time it's experience it's it's knowledge like they it's it's a it's moving further back into their own little sort of cubby hole my experience of real unhealthy fives is that there are spurts of aggression and there are definitely embracings of substance abuse mm -hmm. and then there's ossification there's yeah. the move back into my pocket yeah my walls can get the for fives fives can build walls like nobody else right in terms of like you're not getting in my space because i'm going to be safe and over here i do what i want yep. um as it were yeah and like like notice that that that's you're you're picking up some of the unhealthy behavior at seven when you disintegrate and moving back to unhealth in five and like just it's it just becomes this downward spiral of like looking for the next thing that will keep you more protected i think that people think sixes are the easiest to understand on their low side and i think they may be the most complicated hmm. i think sixes believe their own behavior causes crises in their center Sure. And so they begin to trust themselves less. Yeah. And then they become desperate. Yeah. And that's the move. It's a that feels to me like a very complicated move. Of I tried to do something, but I wasn't enough and my 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 self-evaluation of my ability to execute. They they see it and then they become desperate. And they become desperate for somebody to save them. Mm -hmm. And that's excess. The excess ends up being, I failed, who will save me? And that's a move towards excess in terms of wanting security. Yeah. And I, I also think of it as a, as a sort of unraveling. Like, like sixes, yeah. naturally, yeah. like sort of in their home base, there's unproductive thinking. So they, they often, they don't know what to do because they, they don't know how to make a plan because they don't trust themselves and blah, blah, blah. But in excess that not knowing what to do becomes even worse. It's, it's not even doing the normal things that you do know how to do. It's, it's in excess. Sixes may forget normal things like brushing their teeth because mm. their, their patterns, their habits, the, the sort of systems by which they've lived their lives start to break down because like this, this is what excess looks like. And, and like picking up some of that, like, disintegration that happened at, at three there, they start to focus uh, so much on how other people see them that they start to see themselves that in this imaginary way that they think other people are looking at them like, and it just like, it just makes everything worse. And that's the aggression. Yeah. The emotional aggression that really comes in at stress in stress for sixes, that pairing we haven't talked about coping style, but I see that all over the sixes move. It's, mm -hmm. I get very emotional about what other people see about my contribution and that I need to be rescued. Yeah. Or that we need to be rescued. Is that correct? I, I think the unhealth starts to get more focus on the self. Yeah, there it is. That's a great word. 
Sixes who are going to be so concerned with, and this is a huge value for sixes, sixes who are so concerned with the communal good mm-hmm. in unhealth, that focus is going to narrow yep. to my tribe, my family, myself. Yep. We're going to pause here and continue with sevens in a later episode. We'd love to engage with you on Twitter or Instagram if you have any thoughts about this topic. And you can always find links to those and our other material at aroundthecircle.org. There you'll also find a link to our Patreon, which can help connect you to our online groups starting on June 12th. Of course, we love stars and reviews, and the best way you can help us with our podcast is to share this with someone you love. I'm TJ Wilson. He's Jeff Cook. And as always, who you aren't isn't interesting. Interesting.